Welcome to Here's What I Hear, a podcast about reflections and tips about relationships, personal development, and connection. My name is Jesse Hipner, and I'm a counselor and coach. I believe one of the biggest parts about being human is how we are connected to other humans, connected in friendships, intimate relationships with family members, colleagues. We live and die in and out of relationships and how we are connected to others. As a counselor and coach, I have helped many couples and individuals make meaningful and even life-saving changes. In this podcast, I want to share a little bit about what I hear from week to week, and I want to share with you some of the tips about ways to work through similar issues. And so, here's what I hear. Well, hello, and I am recording this on May 1st, so let me just give you a happy May Day, Beltane, or whatever type of holiday you might celebrate at this time of year to welcome in the spring, the beautiful summertime, the beautiful warm weather. Everything is alive and growing. Um, I just got to put two apple trees in on our property today, and I'm so excited for those. Um, Honeycrisp and Pink Lady. Um, Of course, it's going to be probably a couple years before we see fruit off of those, but um, I really love the idea of planting something that is going to be kind of a long waiting period. Such a beautiful invitation for just that patience, that meditative process of, you know, uh, believing that something will come and having the patience to literally wait a couple years, you know, for that to come. So fingers crossed that we do everything right to keep them healthy and happy and uh, that they thrive in their spot and um, that we keep them, yeah, that we keep them alive. So uh, we'll keep you, we'll keep you updated. I'll keep, I'll keep you posted. So For this episode today, Who Am I? How to Become Authentically You, I kind of wrestled a little bit with exactly what to title this. I initially had it just titled with something along the lines of how how to use self-actualization, but I think that word is a little bit unknown. I'm going to define that word in this episode. That's what we're going to talk about, but I want to just kind of give you some of the context around this this topic and why I'm talking about it. So in the work that I do, both with a lot of couples that I work with and individuals, I so often talk about, and even a lot of our process starting with and and really sticking uh, for a long part of the process is getting to know yourself more and becoming individualized, being able to be self-actualized. And I think sometimes these words can be a little bit of, you know, therapy talk or coach language. And so, you know, I I didn't really want to put that in the title, but it's a concept where people come and they frankly feel or just even have very little insight into what they're really passionate about, what they really desire in life. What are their needs? What do they want in life? And so then when it comes to relationship, the expectation of building a healthy relationship requires to be able to communicate your unmet needs and your desires. But if you don't even know what those are, if you don't even know what what you want, if you're not honest with yourself about that, you can't expect yourself to communicate that. So of course, in relationship, that's going to become 
problematic. That's going to create issues. It's going to create conflict because you're going to feel it. That's the thing though. Even if you don't know it, you can't put your finger on, you can't communicate it. Your mind, your nervous system, your spirit, your body knows when your needs are not being met. And one of those areas that is really important is when you can't be self-actualized when you don't have the ability to to be individualized within a relationship, that be, creates a huge problem. So that's what I want to talk about today is this process of really getting to know yourself and becoming more true to your true self, right? Um, so that's the concept here. For those of you from a a Christian background, a spiritual background, you would probably resonate with the concept of, you know, how to become more in tune with the Holy Spirit uh, for people with more of a metaphysical, uh, you know, the chakra, that's a part of it. Believing in your true north, that's a part of it. Also just getting in touch with your soul or your spirit. Those are some of the terms that we would talk about. And then also, I like to talk about internal family systems as well with this concept, which is all about getting back to the true self, self with an uppercase S. So those are the concepts here that would apply. And I would invite you to use this language and apply it to your own uh, you know, system that you're in, what you believe in. And this is uh, how you can apply that to your own uh, your own way of thinking about these things. So let's first start by defining what self-actualization is. Now, I don't have a you know clean-cut Google answer because, frankly, you can Google self-actualization and you can get a nice clean definition. I am going to give you more of a explanation of how I understand self-actualization and how I see it to come up with the people I work with. So I see it as the ability to have one's basic needs met or at least comprehend that they aren't. So this is important to, in order to be self-actualized, you have to have your basic needs met. Now, if you were listening earlier, I just talked about how communicating your unmet needs in a relationship is an important part of that process, but you have to know what those are, right? And when you don't know what your needs are, then you may not even know that they're not being met, right? And so if they're not being met, some of your most basic needs, such as belonging, love, acceptance, community. Of course, also I'm thinking of Maslow hierarchy of needs, you know, housing, healthcare, those types of systems as well, financial resources as well, things like that, right? So that plays into it, but I don't want to go too far down that train because there's nuances to that that I see a little bit differently as well with some of those pieces. But I like to think about in terms of relationship, your basic needs in relationship. Do you have a sense of belonging? Do you have a sense that you are accepted? Do you believe that those in your life love you? Do you feel supported? right? So those are some of the key basic needs within relationship, right? And if they're not being met, also the ability to comprehend and recognize that they are not being met, right? 
And so that even if you don't have the ability, maybe if you're a young person or you're in a really toxic relationship or it's with family relationships that you don't, you're not ready to totally ax out of your life, right? But you can at least identify that they're not being met because that's where boundaries come in. We're not going to talk about boundaries today. There's an episode earlier, and I'm sure I'll bring up another episode of boundaries in the near future. But being able to identify that those types of needs are not met in a relationship, bingo, that's where boundaries come up, okay? Number two with self-actualization, do you feel safe and secure to express your unmet needs and desires and then to move toward those unmet needs and desires. So what I mean by that is there is a, is there a sense that I am safe and secure? There's not going to be repercussions either, whether that be emotional repercussions, physical, sexual, spiritual repercussions. If I communicate these unmet needs, if I express these unmet needs, these unmet desires in my relationship, if I get the sense that I am going to be reprimanded or critiqued or made fun of or get disciplined because I express these, you are not going to feel safe to do that, right? So that is so important. That's such an important indicator in relationship, okay? And then lastly, to choose independently of what your unmet needs are, to choose independently of any influence or pressure. Now, is it possible to be 100% free of any influence and pressure? I would say very, very, very rarely, right? And so the fact is, is you're part of a system. The fact is, is you're part of a culture or you're part of biases. Everyone has biases. A therapist who tells you they're unbiased is being biased. A coach who tells you they're unbiased is being biased, right? It is not possible, I don't believe, as a human to be fully free of any influence or pressure, right? But to be able to choose independently of that influence or pressure, right? And to be aware of what that influence and pressures are, right? So maybe that's role expectations about a man and a woman in a in a closed relationship, right? What are those societal expectations? What are the spiritual expectations, religious expectations, cultural influences? If you can identify those and understand them, you can make more accurate decisions about your own self-actualization in light of those influences, right? You know, what type of job do you have? What type of lifestyle do you want to live? All of those things, of course, are, are influences and pressures. But you need to be able to identify them and to be able to evaluate your decisions based on those, right? So you're not just going in blindly or acting ignorantly about these decisions, that's a huge part of being able to be self-actualized is that you're not making these these choices directly because of the ways uh, that you're being pressured to do so, okay? So that's kind of a brief summary explanation of how I kind of conceptualize self-actualization. I want to talk about how trauma affects our ability to be self-actualized, right? And so this is huge because the reality is, is I guarantee that just about everybody has experienced trauma in one way or the other. It's just the reality. If you don't believe me, there's a great book that just came out last year by Gabor Mate called The Myth of Normal. Amazing, amazing, amazing book. He's a doctor. Um, he's also widely uh, educated and trained and trains others in trauma and psychology. 
I love his definition, first of all. Let's talk about trauma, how we define trauma. There's two different types of trauma. Big T trauma, most people quickly, easily identify, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse, things that are done toward a person, right? That big T trauma. Small T trauma is also, though, important and hugely impactful. And it are the things that should have been done to you that weren't. Love, acceptance, support, validation, those types of items I just talked about earlier, when those are withheld, especially in your early development, childhood, all the way up until about 25, when those things are withheld from you, that is hugely impactful, just as impactful. Every type of trauma is just as impactful as the next trauma. Now, there are nuances to that, and I don't say that to minimize sexual abuse, physical abuse, horrible, horrible trauma growing up in a cult. I don't say that to minimize that. Everybody's trauma is unique and the trauma that you've experienced is valid and it's impactful. But the tendency is that others who maybe have experienced more complex trauma, small micro traumas, such as those emotional traumas, things that should have been done but that weren't given, that can become just as impactful. Okay, so think about trauma in two lights, the things that were done to you that shouldn't have been done and the things that should have been done, but weren't both of those things have a traumatic impact on your body, on your nervous system, on your emotion, on your mind. Okay. When you experience any of those types of trauma, you are, your basic needs are neglected, right? That's the thing that trauma does that is most impactful. You're basic needs are neglected. And when your basic needs are neglected, your ability to become self-actualized is so difficult. You're not just working against the green. You are full-on trailblazing through the Andes or through the Amazon jungle where no one has ever charted before. When you don't have your basic needs met as a young child in early development, you are working against so much current. So that's such an important part of understanding how trauma affects a person's ability to be self-actualized, to be able to identify that this is a valid need that I didn't have met. Therefore, I should be able to communicate this in future relationships. That That is so hard to do. That's one of the reasons I do the work I do. I, a lot of what I do with clients is helping them understand this is a valid need that you didn't have met for you. And now in your future relationships, you bring that in and you, you, you undermine it. You make it seem insignificant. So you don't communicate that, but that is a basic need for you, right? Love, support, acceptance, validation, feeling heard, emotional connection. Those are, those are basic needs in relationship. Trauma also affects us in, in our ways that it makes us feel rejected and it punishes emotional expression. That's one of the ways when I work with, with clients that I see, I mean, professional and personally, really, that I see trauma having the biggest impact. One of the biggest impacts in relationships is that emotional expression so often gets rejected or in the worst cases punished. And I'm not just talking about having it modeled in a healthy or unhealthy way because people can grow up with parents who didn't model healthy emotional expression and they can still do their own emotional expression. Maybe they didn't get punished for that. And, and 
And, you know, that modeling is important. Don't get me wrong. It's important that's modeled. But for many people, they experienced a household, an environment where their emotional expression was rejected, verbally, clearly rejected, or even punished, disciplined because of that emotional expression, right? And third, trauma and traumatic, a toxic environment oftentimes is based on a dictator level script, right? This is how you need to live. This is how we live life. This is what you need to believe. This is how you're going to navigate the world. These are the types of things you need to do. These are types of friendships and relationships you're going to have. When you are given that script, it tells you then in your future relationships that relationships function via a script. Nothing could be further from the truth. Okay. So the reality is, is that again, to one degree or another, as I was talking about with influence and pressures, we all grew up with some form of a script for how to do relationships, for how to do life. And that is in a sense can become a traumatic experience, right? And so being able to identify that, it's not to blame those systems we grew up in. It's not to cast the problem onto the environment we grew up in. There's an ability here for us to say those who raised us, the environment we grew up in, perhaps they were doing the best they could and they were doing what they thought was right, right? That might even be a really challenging concept for you to accept. But acceptance doesn't mean that you have to condone it or have to pretend that it wasn't impactful. It even gives you more of an ability, I believe, to actually realize how impactful it was when you say, you know what, they thought they were doing the best they can and look how fucked up that was, right? Being able to identify that script and being able to analyze it and process it, right? Okay, so we've just talked a little bit about what self-actualization means, talked a little bit about how trauma affects self-actualization, which is hugely, pretty much entirely makes that part of us, uh, uh, of our part of our development, uh, frozen, so to speak. I want to talk now finally about how to become more self-actualized. So to become more self-actualized, it starts with identifying and being honest with yourself. Like I mentioned earlier, a huge part of the work I do is just helping clients identify these unmet needs in their life, unmet desires, being able to hear that those are valid, that they are not being unrealistic, that they need to be honest with themselves about the things that the needs that they're not having met, right? And then to communicate those unmet needs. That takes risk. That takes vulnerability. A lot of people I work with have never really communicated unmet needs. They just know that they feel that way. Maybe they get more caught up in kind of the day-to-day mundane things, uh, the way that, you know, like I like to call just kind of household functions. Oh, it's frustrating that they do this, or it's frustrating that they do that. Or even to a certain degree, parenting issues. Oh, I don't like the way that they do this with the kids or this. But never actually go to the deeper place, which is identifying and communicating the unmet need. 
Why is that really so frustrating to you that they load that dishwasher that way? Why is it not okay with you when your partner yells at your kids? Why is it okay when your partner totally disregards your emotional expression? What is that unmet need about? What is it about when your boss totally doesn't give you any kind of accolades or recognition for the hard work you're doing? What is that, right? That's not just a feeling. That feeling and emotion is connected to an unmet need, okay? So that's a huge part about being self-actualized. Number two with this last part is being is being able to honestly evaluate if you are in a safe and secure relationship. And if not, work to change that or get out. Just accepting the status quo and believing this is the best it gets is unacceptable for me. I believe there's a lot that we can do around our own mindset, our own personal development that absolutely can impact the relationships we're in 100%. But if you go through an honest evaluation and you realize someone you're in a relationship with, whether that be a partner, a friend, a family member, a colleague, a boss, a coworker, a whole career environment, and you realize that it's not ever going to be safe, it's never going to make you feel secure, I, I really wrestle with the idea that you should just accept that. And I would challenge you to as well. And lastly is deconstruct. Deconstruct the scripts and the societal cultural pressures and expectations you've been living by. Now, deconstruct, to some people, might be a scary word. Oh, I you know, I've hear about that. I don't want to go through deconstruction. Well, the fact is, though, half of the deconstruction process is reconstructing what you see is good and serving and meets your needs and aligns with your beliefs and your values, right? But if you don't go through that process, in fact, if you are so afraid of even that word or even the concept of deconstructing, that alone tells me that you are living in a trauma response to the idea that evaluating the things that you believe or evaluating the way that you view the world, that there is such resistance to that tells me right there that alone needs to be deconstructed. Why are you so opposed to that concept, right? If we can deconstruct the scripts and the societal and cultural pressures that we've been living by, if we can deconstruct those, that's then when we can start to realize what is the scaffolding that I want to build that is going to support the structure that I want to have in the future. When you boil it down, that's a huge part of what we're doing in this relationship stuff is understanding why it is the way it is, why has it become that way, what do we need to tear down and rebuild, right? So I want to put a plug in for this deconstruction topic in particular. If this concept really resonates with you, um, there's a whole world out there of what's called spiritual direction. Now, initially, that might make it sound like it's primarily focused on your spiritual and religious beliefs, and some directors do do that, but many of them specialize in this realm of deconstructing the beliefs and the systems that you've been giving. In fact, my partner actually is one of those people who specialize in that work of deconstruction, and I would love to, for you to check out her website if that concept really resonates with you, and so you'll find that in the show notes. All right. Well, thanks for listening and be sure to tune in next time. 
Hey, I want to extend an offer to you. The fact that you made it here to the end of the episode tells me that something that I am talking about in these episodes is resonating with you. And for some reason, we are connected through this effort. So if you enjoyed this episode or you've been enjoying other episodes that you've been listening to and you're finding things helpful or insightful, I would love to work with you. If you are struggling in a relationship, perhaps, or you're trying to overcome a challenge in life, I want to meet with you through a free consultation. That free consultation is just a chance to meet with me, to share a little bit about yourself, and for me to offer you some insights and some feedback. My goal in those consultations is to give you as much as I can, as much as I know about relationships and personal development. There's truly no strings attached. It's simply a one-on-one space with a professional to get feedback directly about what you are going through and what you are trying to work toward. So check out the show notes for a link to schedule with me. Quick note for a liability reasons, I am not your counselor. Okay, if you think I'm your counselor, that's probably a good indicator you need counseling. Now, of course, if you're in the Denver metro area or frankly anywhere in Colorado, I would love to explore working with you. And so, like I mentioned before, check out that consultation call and I would love to talk with you more about that. But just listening to this podcast and following me does not equate to being in treatment with me. I just need to make that clear. And lastly, and most importantly, if you're struggling with thoughts of wanting to kill yourself, wanting to die, or feel like there's no way out, I want you to know there is hope and there is help. And I want you to get that help immediately. A good option is frankly the emergency room. They are equipped to help you. And if you're in the United States, we have a three-digit suicide hotline and it is 988. All right. Thanks.